what we need to do now is define what is the task that people are doing? How do they need to do it? You know, how are they going to get the information? Who's going to coach and mentor them? Who's going to help them get through it? And then how are they going to give back once they kind of get it and somebody new comes in? And that's the way learning should work. And when people are learning and they're successful, they're going to be ambitious. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I'm the luckiest person in the world because I get to host this fantastic show and I spend time with some incredible people and today is absolutely no different because I'm on the line with the wonderful Cheryl Johnson. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Glad to be here. Yes, fantastic. Now, um, Cheryl is a book author. She And we're going to be taking a deep dive into her book, The Ambition Quotient and How to Motivate Your Employees to Bring Their Best to Your Organization. But uh, before we do that, Cheryl, I think it's good uh, in terms of context to maybe share a little bit about yourself um, with the My Future Business in terms of your career and, and how it came to be that you wrote this wonderful book. Well, it's probably been 30 years in the making. Oh, wow. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a slow writer. No, um, <laughs> I started off um, probably early 90s training people with disabilities to use computer technology. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there just wasn't any really formal training materials out there. And the technology was used both the voice recognition where you talk to your computer and it recognizes you nowadays that's like nothing yeah on the night in the 90s it was oh high tech um and yeah screen reading where the computer talks to you kind of thing and the hardware wasn't real compatible with the software there was a lot of issues in getting it up and running and a variety of people used it. Doctors and lawyers were wanting to use the voice recognition technology so they could dictate their notes and just Mm -hmm. transcribe them. And then I had people who had real severe learning disabilities using it as well as people with just physical disabilities. So I had a broad range of people who who my audience, you know, who, who needed training. And there was no one size fits all, which it's funny because common sense says training isn't a one-size-fits-all but yet we create training and learning experiences as if they are a one-size-fits-all yeah and I have four kids and each of them you know have their own unique personalities some one has a learning disability the others are tend to be more on the other end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and you know each of them had their own unique ways of of learning and and you know, acquiring information and actually using it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got started. And that's where, you know, no, I wasn't trained. I didn't go to college at that point in my life and didn't have anybody teach me anything. I was just through trial and error. I was like, this learning thing is pretty, I wouldn't say complex, um, but it's, it's everybody has their own way of doing it. We talk about learning styles and visual and kinesthetic and auditory. And I'm like, no, First of all, we're all visual learners, and our believe it or not, our primary mode, all of us, we learn by doing. Yeah. I mean, that's just, a, that's just a given. But how some people do it is different than how other people do it. 
Yes. So I started writing my own materials at that point in time, and that's kind of how I got started. And I noticed that people who tended to be more ambitious were those who, say, the school system, you know, that they came through fit their way of learning best, so they were highly motivated. As a matter of fact, I read this study a long time ago. Sorry. Um, no, absolutely. Talking here is they ask a bunch of high-performing students at a high school, mm-hmm. informal, not a real, you know, scientific study or anything, mm-hmm. you know, if what makes you so successful? And, you know, you think, oh, well, I do a lot of homework. I study hard. I, you know, I put a lot of effort into it. And it was really sad that the number one reason across the board was because I learned to give the teacher what they wanted. No. And I thought, this is, this is not good. So if you're not a student who can give a teacher what they want, that means you're probably not going to do real well in school. If you don't spend, I mean, if you spend 12, 13 years of your life in school and not doing well, you're probably not going to be real motivated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... At the core of, you know, ambition, there's no real secret sauce to it. It's basically people having success. Success yeah. breeds success. Yeah. And you want, you want to be more successful, so you're ambitious. Yep. It, it seems fairly simple on the surface. So because of the, the school system that you've just talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is, is it hard to unlearn once you've been, I guess, institutionalized through a school system to become ambitious as you become, I guess, a young adult and start working in the workplace? I think you become a little less trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you unlearn because I think you probably didn't learn to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a perfect example is my son. He, he had a really severe learning disability. He had um, auditory processing issues and that doesn't mean he couldn't hear if you gave him a test a hearing mm-hmm. test he could hear just fine what it meant um, was that he couldn't process auditory sounds the same way you and I do so you can imagine learning to read understanding what's going on in school if you're not hearing the same kind of information somebody else is but you're too young to really tell anybody that you know and, and yeah. you don't know all you know is what you know yeah um and once we got him diagnosed and um, got some um, interventions, a lot of interventions, um, we found that he he just naturally started doing better. Now, mind you, we didn't get this figured out till he was uh, junior high, you know, middle school age, and so he was behind in a lot of the subjects that he, you know, was taking, mm-hmm. and had a lot of catch up work to do. Um, but he didn't really have to unlearn anything. It was, but it was amazing. Well, I have to tell you this story. It's, it's not in the book, but um, <laughs> I guess it's one of the proud moments as a parent here. As you can imagine, for so many years, he had struggled and struggled and struggled. Mm. And the, for the most part, teachers didn't like him. I mean, he wasn't a troublemaker. He was just one of those kind of kids that, you know, if he didn't understand what was going on, he'd kind of zone out and mm-hmm. not pay attention. Yeah. And teachers would get frustrated with him because of that and so uh, sad to say but like fourth grade he went to a school that was out in the middle of the desert in utah somewhere (laughs) um wasn't a lot of around but there was no fences around the playground either and one day he went out to uh, recess and didn't come back didn't come back 
Yeah, he was in fourth grade and he decided he would rather sit out in the middle of the desert by himself than he would be go to school. So you can imagine what a challenge that was for him, you oh. know. But by seventh grade, we'd moved to Virginia and um, there were some teachers there who just really took an interest in him. He had been tested. He didn't qualify for an I. I mean, he qualified for an IEP under, you know, get all technical here, under 504, mm -hmm. but not under a standard IEP because he was really good in math and science, but he really struggled in reading and, you know, and English. So unless you score low across the board, you don't qualify. Nat yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I had his um, English teacher. She pulled me in one day early on, I think it was October, and she was like, you know, he's really got issues here and i was like mm, yeah thank mm -hmm. you she says like why doesn't he have an iep why doesn't he have and she says oh we're getting him one way and you know you can figure out ways to do anything and, and she did and she really worked with his teachers and it was just like a transformative year and i remember at the end of the year they called me and they were like okay you know we want you to come to this little award ceremony all the kids you know, attend the awards ceremony at the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was used to football <laughs> awards. He played football and, you know, yeah, he got awards all the time. And I was like, oh. yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, I have to take off work, you know, blah, blah. <laughs> so I got there and um, I sat there and we went through all the your typical awards, you know, that everybody uh -huh. gets. <laughs> yeah. And I was about ready to fall asleep. I'm like, okay, when when's this going to be over kind of thing? And then they went through the awards where, you know, everybody gets an award. I was like, okay, you got me. I took off work to come here so he can get a little award that yeah. everybody's going to get kind of thing. Hey. No, no, no. not I'm not happy about that. Well, evidently at the very end, there was an award and it was the time, you know, President Bush was president and mm -hmm. he had implemented this um I should have too bad I don't have his little plaque that um, President Bush had um, implemented. He said, you know, it wasn't for the smartest student or the most successful student, but it was, and it wasn't for the, you know, the one who tried the hardest kind of thing either. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was really one who'd shown the most transformation over, over a year, you know. And um, so I was sitting there and all of a sudden they said my son's name. And I was like, uh. what? And I looked over at my son because he wasn't sitting by me. He was off with his friends over there. And <laughs> even he was like, he woke up and Hang he's on. like, my name, my name. <laughs> Is there a mistake? <laughs> I know. And his friends started laughing. <laughs> and they were all like, you serious? Come on, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I was just like almost in tears. And I was like, wow, oh, you know. Because this was the pinnacle. This was the biggest award that they gave. Yeah. You know? And, um, and after that, he, I wouldn't say, you know, he went from, you know, failing to A's, mm -hmm. but his motivation level increased dramatically. It changed. And, um, mm -hmm. mm. That's amazing. And it's just from, you know, we talk about schools and how teachers ever, we need more money, more money per student and blah, 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 blah. These teachers really didn't do oh, anything that different. No. Other than other than just take an interest in him. Yeah, that's fantastic. Isn't it amazing how that little, that's that moment in time, that genesis, just that spark in his eye gave mm -hmm. you 
I guess the the direction to do more of the work that you've done and in turn go ahead and continue working like this with other people. Um, can I ask you some, some foundational questions? Um, where did you come up with the name Ambition Quotient and what does that actually mean? <laughs> um, I've worked with lots of marketing and salespeople and, you know, because for years as an instructional designer and as somebody who writes a lot of curriculum for mm -hmm. large companies, you know, I've worked for Marriott, Exxon, Shell, KPMG. federal government, state governments, yeah, big, KPMG, big yeah. yeah, and for the most part, they just like to do things the way they've always done things, and they're not that interested in, you know, and so I've been like, okay, well, maybe I'm not presenting my ideas well enough, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, I've, I've got to come up with something, so I hired coaches, I've hired marketing people, and I came across this sales guy who's into sales, and he's like, He's the one that came up with the ambition quotient, and then we went ahead and trademarked it. But um, basically what it comes down to is, you know, we've all heard of, you know, your IQ, mm -hmm. how smart you are um, in terms of, you know, passing an IQ test, which, by the way, I would fail miserably. <laughs> Me too, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. Don't tell anyone. Not, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's your EQ, which is your emotional, emotional yep. intelligence. Mm -hmm. And now I'd score really high on that one. That's yeah. kind of my area, right? But what the premise of my book is, you know, we've, we focus a lot on IQ, getting people through school, educating them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now we're starting to focus more on people's emotional intelligence and their social skills and, you know, communication and that kind of thing. And that's all wonderful. That's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. um, but what's still missing is the ambition quotient. It's people, uh, what I keep hearing from employers over and over, and I've worked with lots of them, mm. is people are not coming to the table with drive or ambition. They just show up and they expect either, number one, I was really good at this in school, so I expect to be really good at it at work, and nope. it's not quite working out that way. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Yeah, or, you know, I, you know, I may be able to communicate well, and I can kind of get along with people, but, you know, it's, it's you know, it's fun to show up to work, but not, but don't really care about getting a lot of work done, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so that's where, and it was, this was really interesting too. I talk way too much. No, absolutely um, not. Loving this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I did a podcast a while ago and mm -hmm. she was like, when she, you know, the ambition quotient, she's like, I want to start off by saying that in this context, ambition is not a bad word. And I was like, huh? Uh -huh. I know. I was like, I never thought of ambition being a bad word. Wow. That's a bit skewed. That thought. Well, I think we, th and then I, it dawned on me, I was like, yeah, that's true. You think of all the ambitious people at work, those climbers that'll backstab and do anything uh, to get what yes. they want. Yes. And I was like, ooh, okay, maybe I didn't pick the right word here. Oh, <laughs> well, I think it's a Go wonderful, figure. I think it's a wonderful name, but, um, you know, you've uh, been awarded, uh, you know, and recognized by Michael Allen um, in a learning annual, you are a... Uh, architectural design specialist and interactive multimedia learning um, systems development person and you know these are these are not simple things and and I guess because it's not cookie cutter we can't do this you know one size fits all as you've touched on Cheryl what are some of the challenges that have come to the fore in developing systems for some of these major brands 
the biggest challenge is actually getting companies to buy into the idea that it isn't one size fits all. Right. I have a template, and I'm not a big template fan, but it's a design document where we sit down, we talk about, you know, what's the problem we're trying to solve with this learning solution? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Looking around the room. <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm like, okay, if we can't define what the problem is, um, okay. Um, who's my audience? Um, everybody. Uh, I'm like, mm. not so sure about that. I know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, and then they're like, oh, we want a 30-minute um, online course on sexual harassment. And I'm like, okay, how did you decide it was 30 minutes? How did you decide it was online? Mm-hmm. Um, our lawyer says that it needs to be at least 30 minutes huh? to make sure that if something happens that we're covered i'm like oh this is what's driving us okay this is the problem we're trying to solve Hmm. you know yeah yeah seems a bit (laughs) odd doesn't it yeah the biggest challenge is actually getting people to really care about learning yeah and caring whether people actually walk away with the information Like, this isn't on my resume, and we won't say who this employer is because <laughs> it's the one I'm currently working with. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder, Cheryl, um, you talked uh, about your vast experience um, from way back when with computers. Um, mm-hmm. Are you finding like a hybrid approach nowadays in terms of having smart devices as part of your learning management systems? Do you do some online and some face-to-face? What's the structure generally that you've found works the best? Well, if they'll buy into my design document idea, Mm -hmm. we sit down and we talk about, and um, a gentleman that I am working with right now at my employer, Mm -hmm. really, he has bought into this, so it's pretty cool. It's like, really, it comes down to two things. What do we need people to understand Mm-hmm. And what do we need people to do? Yeah. Because a lot of times people need to understand something. You get into Bloom's taxonomy and all the different levels, you know, of understanding and, you know, um, everything. But if most of the time people need to understand something. And from there, they generally, not always, but they need to be able to do something. So why, if we need them to do something, are we having them read a PDF on their mobile device. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, after reading that PDF on your mobile device, did, are you able to do it? You read about doing an oil change. I just got an oil change on my car. Um, I would be scared to have them changing my oil if all they had done was read a PDF. Read a PDF. On, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, that's kind of, to me, if I can get people to buy into the idea that... Um, we really need to sit down and figure out if they need to do something, mm-hmm. what kind of activities, and I mean physical activities, are we going to do over and over and practice to make sure they know how to do this? Yeah. And um, that to me is what drives it. There's no real, you know, 20% online, 30% instructor-led um, no, like right now, 100% Zoom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Cheryl, if, 
if the going back to your your children and how that award was given to them you know that spark in the eye and is this mm -hmm. the same sort of thing that you try to uh, encourage businesses to do and award people with recognition because that's all it can generally take to um, encourage people to do more and be more and give more in a business um, what, what does it take um, external motivation is nice especially mm -hmm. as you're young uh, when you're younger but as you get older it's more internal motivation mm -hmm. it's more just about you know am I doing a good job and that see that was another real revelation I had when I got into the work world was to me I you know anytime they said training or learning I was like oh where do I go? What can I do? You know, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to go learn. And I come out of there just most of the time. Sometimes it wasn't real good learning. But um, for the most part, I'd be like, oh, I learned something new. Now I have to try it. This is fun. And that, when I first started doing this, I was like, people say the word training. And people are like, oh, what can I do to get out of that? <laughs> Boring. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Once, once that sunk in, I was like, okay, well, we really need to flip this a little bit more. And what I have found is that when learning is meaningful and it's applicable to what you're doing, um, it, I, I read this thing on LinkedIn, just a little meme or something, you know, very short thing. And it was something I've been trying to preach at for 10 years. And I'm like, oh, people are finally getting this. It used to be we sat down, we defined our learning objectives, and we wrote some content, and we delivered it in a you know learning environment, and mm -hmm. then we assessed whether people knew it and moved on. Now, and truly, as fast as things are moving, and it, with technology and all of the information, just it's, I, and I, I tell people this over and over, and they're finally starting to get it. If you hire somebody fresh out of college today, mm -hmm. Their skills are not going to be relevant five years from now. Yeah. And so if you, you know, what do you expect them to do? Go back to college? I mean, they already spent 60, 60 grand the first time around. Yes. They won't even have that paid off by the time you're expecting them to go back and start all over. And even colleges are starting to get this, believe it or not, mm. um, is the workplace needs to be a learning. It needs to be a learning environment. environment. Yeah. And what we need to do now is define what is the task that people are doing? How do they need to do it? You know, how are they going to get the information? Mm -hmm. Who's going to coach and mentor them? Who's going to help them get through it? And, and then how are they going to give back, you know, once they kind of get it and somebody new comes in? And then, you know, it's just kind of this iterative cycle that just keeps happening over and over. And that's the way learning should work. And that's when, amazing enough, I'm like, People are like, you should charge people for this information in this book. I'm like, this is common sense. How can I charge people for it? Mm. When people are learning and they're successful, they're going to be ambitious. Yeah. It's pretty fundamental, isn't it? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, uh, I don't think I can trademark that or copyright it <laughs> or... <laughs> Uh, I, I wonder when somebody opens this book, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about the structure. Uh, is, it, is it a cover to cover read? How, how does somebody consume the content in this wonderful book? Well, the good news is it's really short. Um, the second part is, is it's not, you can read it chapter by chapter, you know, and just say, kind of say this is interesting. But 
there are references. There's a lot of stories yeah. in there from my own, my own, my own life mm -hmm. and my own experiences. And so sometimes I'll be referencing a story in chapter five that we talked about a little bit in chapter three. So if you really want to understand the full context of what I'm talking about, you might have to jump back to chapter three. Yeah. But it's a short read. I mean, I've had people sit down and read it in 90 minutes. Is it a book that uh, you think that you might go back to and have uh, different versions and update it? Or do you have anything else in the pipeline in terms of uh, your authorship? Um, well, I, I was really against writing a book, to, I, honestly, um, because, first of all, I read, 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 read. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so tired of reading because what I found in, and, and this, I'm not criticizing people here, but after about chapter three or four of somebody's book, it's like, okay, you're starting to repeat yourself. Yes. And as I went through this writing process, I learned from the experts that if a book isn't like 220 pages long, they don't want to publish it. It's too much. It's not enough. Oh. Uh, yeah, seriously. That's why people repeat things over and over, because the longer your book is, they think that they can sell it for more money. Like a filler. Yeah. Oh, really? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I said everything I needed to say. to say. Yeah. I'm not going to repeat it 15 times. I mean, learning, repetition is a great way to learn, but still. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you put it uh, in a in checklist a and still get the same information out yeah. of it. <laughs> See? <laughs> learning <laughs> yeah um but what i'm doing now is i'm actually and i'm actually working with an author because uh, mm. i'm not really a professional author um to it's not a workbook because those are kind of things you know people are now putting exercises at the end of chapters go try this or whatever yeah i'm really trying to put together a resource more like um i don't want to call it an encyclopedia talk about date myself here <laughs> but just something that people are like oh i need this x mm -hmm. i'm gonna go look up in the book or in this resource and it's gonna help me yeah kind of thing and it's gonna be all practical you know it's it's like here here's a checklist you want you're doing on the job training here's a checklist here's here's a competency model and you're doing your best by the sounds of it. Just to simplify this, this does not to be mm -mm. overly complex, does it? And I guess this would apply to uh, any any business setting, would it? Is this something you mm -hmm. can apply across the board? Yes, definitely. Yeah. It would seem fairly, fairly apparent that mm -hmm. that would be the case, Cheryl. Now, um, when somebody wants to find this book, um, importantly, where are they going to find it? <laughs> interestingly enough it's on amazon oh, well there you go imagine that i know but but can you imagine i have a hard time finding my own book on amazon um <laughs> yeah you have to you have to search by my name cheryl johnson mm -hmm. and ambition quotient and then you'll find it if you don't put my name in there for some reason it doesn't find doesn't the book. come up you, yeah yeah, well, there you go. There's a search term that people shouldn't forget. Cheryl Johnson. Everybody's on the call today. Make sure you remember that. Now, yeah. Cheryl, um, tell us a little bit more about your website and what, what might people find when they get there. And, and could you share that uh, website address with us? Mm -hmm. 
I have several websites. <laughs> mm, <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> Smart <laughs> Learning for Business Success is probably the one most people on this call would be interested in. And right. I know it's a very long name, but smartlearningforbusinesssuccess.com. All one big one big word. Series of letters. Series <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but once again, you know, I have a hard time because um, marketing people, salespeople are like, oh, you can't do that. People don't want that. This is what people want, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm never going to be a millionaire, I'll tell you that, because I just, I, I don't listen to marketing people very well. But my website is a resource. Yeah. Course. And yeah, and it's where you can go and there's some videos on there and there's little anecdotes and there's little checklists and there's little blah, 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 you know, to help you um, with whatever it is you're trying to do. Once again, I wanted it to be a resource and they're like, people don't want resources. They want snapshots of your business. I'm like, okay, well, that's page one snapshot. <laughs> I'm not going to give you three pages of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. I... <laughs> We've <Yeah>. learned. <laughs> That's wonderful. I um, I will be making sure, Cheryl, that uh, everybody who's on the call today gets access to not only the URL back to you, uh, but also the links back to Amazon. And, um, you know, there is this is a rabbit hole that goes extremely deep, I'm sure, although very simplistic on the top of it. If you're a business out there and you're listening to this call and you want to learn more about this, make sure that you reach out to Cheryl. Uh, again, I'll be making those links back um, to Cheryl available to you. And Cheryl, with all that being said, this has just been a wonderful time um, touching the surface on this wonderful book. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.